Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Chris Pallett. I'm an editor at HowStuffWorks. And sitting next to me, as usual, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Howdy, folks. And today, we were going to talk about a couple things we've been uh, keeping our eyes on. Yeah. Uh, actually, one thing, and that would be the Internet. <laughs> not so much television. Right. Yeah. There's – um. It's interesting. I, I've always said, or at, since we started these podcasts, I've said that uh, the internet's going to be the future of distribution for entertainment and information, and in all formats, not just you know text or music or whatever, but also video. And um, we've seen that continue to uh, escalate over the past year. We've seen, you know, of course, you know, YouTube has been popular for years now. YouTube, YouTube. Yeah. I feel like I've heard that somewhere before. Yeah. Did anyway. you, I don't think you edited that one, did you? I don't know. No, that was one of my articles too. That, but uh, things like Hulu, you know, Hulu being a, a service that does streaming, delivers streaming video, and it's commercial streaming video. It's not just you know, it's not user generated. It's you know, studio generated video, um, ad supported in most cases, and uh, you know, the, that's become very popular over the last year as well. So, part of the uh, the conversation we wanted to have today was sort of about is this increasing popularity in streaming video and, and online delivery, is that making an impact on regular television viewing uh, trends? So in other words, should should television executives be scared of the Internet? No. All right. Excellent. Well, I'm glad we had this conversation. <laughs> it's a little more complicated than that, actually. Um, well, one of the things about Hulu uh, was that when it came out, it was sort of rushed out the door. Yeah. And people, people weren't really sure of it. A lot of the uh, critics, I remember reading a lot of the critics saying, you know, what a dumb name. This thing is never going to take off. Yeah. Very dismissive. Uh, you know, the, the TV executives at the time were, were really concerned about this because they said, well, you know, this is taking eyes away from our, our TV screens, you know, but it, it won't really matter because it's this little bitty screen and nobody's really going to care. Right. Ha ha ha. Yeah. People cared a lot. I mean, uh, I use Hulu. Yeah, I've, I've viewed quite a few shows on Hulu, um, and I think part of the uh, the the reason why Hulu really got popular very quickly, uh, besides the fact that a couple of studios started to actually support it, like NBC and Fox, um, was that you it, it gave users what they really wanted, which is the the opportunity to consume entertainment on their own schedule. So you weren't, you know, tied down to your TV at specific times. You didn't have to sit down in front of your television at 8 p.m. on Thursday night to catch, you know, whatever. You could catch it on Hulu at your own convenience. And granted, yeah, you're watching it on a computer screen. It's not in high definition. Um, if you had a high definition television at home, you might be saying, well, you know, this quality is much lower than what I'm used to. But at the same time, you could watch it whenever you wanted. And it's the same sort of, uh, philosophy as the DVR, right? Where you can use a DVR to record a show and then watch it at your own convenience. You're not you're not a slave to the programming schedule of a, a cable or broadcast television station. Yes, I'm the uh, proud owner of a DVR and uh, have been for many years. Yes, a, a TiVo Series 1, as I, I recall. I do have a TiVo Series 1 and I also have a uh, Dish Network uh, Dish Player 522. Right. Um, and my 
uh, former coworkers at Dish Network will probably correct me because I don't think I got the name right, but it is a 522. Um, and, uh, I've got to say it completely changes the way you watch TV because as you were saying, this, this frees you from the broadcaster's schedule. And I would think, if I were a TV executive, yes, this would be a little scary at first. But when you realize that the the schedule becomes a little less important, um, you can run things at different hours and have people still tune in because their DVR is going to automatically schedule it and record it for them. Then you're still getting a lot of the uh, the advertising revenue. You're still getting the eyeballs, right? Uh, but you don't have to have it in that you know particular time slot to to make that work. No, but that that does raise another problem in that traditionally. It was easy to designate which slots uh, cost more money for advertisers to purchase time on. Um, you know, the the eight o'clock and nine o'clock hours uh, traditionally, I would say, would be the the most expensive, apart from special events like the Olympics or uh, Super Bowl or something like that. Right. Um, but you know, you would say like, okay, well, a thirty second slot at eight p.m. costs you know two hundred fifty thousand dollars, whatever you know. Uh, on, on this major network. Well, if you have DVRs in play, then suddenly people are going to say, well, now it's not so much the time slot that's important. It's the specific programming that the advertisement is tied to. So the programs that are the most popular would be the ones that would, um, that would, that advertisers would want to get connected to. Uh, also, the other problem is that a lot of DVRs allow you to fast forward through commercials. Um, so that adds a new element to it. And, on top of all of this, we in the United States, uh, and actually most of the world really, we're entering a, a recession. And, uh, and so consumer, uh, confidence is way down, um, purchases are way down. That means that a lot of companies are looking very seriously at their advertising budgets and, uh, tightening up. You know, they're saying, okay, we gotta be a lot smarter with how we spend our advertising money. Uh, and so that's got television executives worried too, because, Suddenly, their business model isn't as, as tenable as it used to be. I mean, it was uh, before people were clamoring to get this time, and now they're saying, well, if the internet and DVRs are becoming a big deal, you're becoming less relevant. And why should I pay this much money for what you offer when, when uh, people are consuming their entertainment in different ways? Shouldn't I really look at other ways to spend this advertising money that'll reach viewers instead of just be, you know, it just happens to be there. Product placement. Product placement. That's one of them. <laughs> Turns out consumers don't like that. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, I find that difficult to believe. Uh, there was a, I looked at a lot of studies before we did this podcast and one of them specifically said that the, the overwhelming uh, preference among viewers of, of online content at least was that you would have either a pre-roll or a post-roll or both uh, advertisement, but you wouldn't use advertisement in the middle of your programming. So there would be no interruptions and there wouldn't be like obvious product placement throughout the entire show. So yeah, that, uh, well, I mean, big surprise there, right? I mean, come on, who wants to have their favorite show interrupted by commercials? If you are given the choice of watching it all the way through with no interruptions or with, with interruptions, I'm pretty sure you're going to pick the no interruption option. True, true. Well, like it sort of harkens back to the early days of television when you had the, you know, so-and-so hour presented by sponsor name here, yeah. you know. Or, yes, various <laughs> hair creams. True, among <laughs> other things. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is, this is one of those things. I don't, I don't think you're going to be able to, to kill off the advertising, but, uh, you know, services like Hulu, uh, are able to put, 
ads at the beginning and end and in the middle. Right. Uh, and you can actually see if you if you haven't watched a, a video on Hulu yet, um, you'll be able to see a little dot in the stream, and that's exactly when the, that's uh, the, the ad, ad break. Pops yeah. up, so uh, and you can't skip over it, and uh, yeah, you have to watch it if you're watching the Hulu video, as I recall. But the question is, if you're getting access to some of this programming for free, are you willing to sit through three or four ads? And I have the it? answer to that. Yes, again, another survey says that uh, that that viewers of online content are more than willing to sit through um, ad-supported content. They're not as thrilled at purchase, having to purchase content. So in other words, we're looking at people favor Hulu, the Hulu model, where you have these ads in the middle of some programs. Um, for instance, I think uh, I, I tend to every now and then catch an episode of The Office on Hulu, and it has three ad breaks, and it's one ad per break. Right. Um, so it's you know a fraction of what you would see on television. Uh, but then they prefer that model to, say, the iTunes model, where you would purchase a television show and then port it over to your iPod or watch it on your computer. Either way, they prefer the ad-supported one. Again, not a big surprise because, in essence, it's free to the consumer. And free versus having to pay for it, again, not a, not a big puzzler there. So I have a question then. Okay, shoot. What? Uh, well, okay. With streaming services like Hulu, mm-hmm. you have you're watching this once. Right. And you have two or three ads to watch. Versus something like the Apple Store and other services like that, where you spend three or four dollars to buy this particular episode, and you can watch and you can watch it as many times, times as you want with no commercials. Right? Does that not make a difference? I think it probably would normally make a difference, but because again we're going into this recession period, people uh, want to spend less money on their entertainment budgets. They're trying to find ways where they can they can still cons- they still want entertainment, especially in a recession. Actually, entertainment is very important because it helps get your mind off the fact that you're in a recession. Um, it, otherwise, you have you know go from recession to depression, I guess. But uh, yeah, the so people still want entertainment, but they still they want to pay less for it. So they're looking at the best opportunity to get entertainment without paying very much money. Um, I read a study. It was in, uh, on the website Seeking Alpha. It was, uh, actually, it was a, a, an article written by Diane uh, Mermagas. I hope I'm saying that name correctly. Um, she pointed out that DVD sales are down 4% uh, this year compared to last year. Uh, the third quarter, when the that's when the economy was really starting to tank, they were down 9% uh, for the third quarter compared to the th- third quarter last year. And the higher price titles, the stuff like you know the the big DVD sets and the special editions, mm-hmm. they were down twenty two percent. Wow! So we're talking about, you know, that's obviously a format that what you you buy it and then you can watch it as many times as you like, and you know it's yours. Uh, people aren't buying that as much. They're going into the streaming content stuff more uh, because it's it's free. And you know, of course, again, also the DVR. Uh, Route as well, where they can record. They then they can record something and watch it as long as you know they want to keep it on the DVR, or they could if they have the right equipment, they can burn that to DVD or you know transfer it to VHS if anyone still does that. Stop looking at me like that. <laughs> um, How many VHS machines do you have? One too many. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. But well, uh, the, the question is: is is this going to cause? I mean, the recession is something that could have a profound effect on this whole thing because it could actually make this a permanent uh, change. Right. People get used to doing this when we go back 
to a normal or more normal economy, you know, people might get hooked. Yeah. Because, I mean, they've got access to classic TV shows and, in some cases, movies. Music videos. Music videos. <laughs> oh, you mean like the recent uh, launch yeah. of the MTV? Uh, exactly. Website. Yeah. MTV found out that they could make more revenue and keep uh, audience members uh, engaged longer by switching from music videos to, to longer format work. So that's kind of why you saw all these shows pop up on MTV and all the music video shows kind of disappeared. Because people would watch a music video show for a while and then they'd see one of their favorite videos and they're like, okay, let's watch something else. And, uh, you know, that only keeps your attention for like 10 to 15 minutes, whereas a, a full-length show can keep you there for a half hour or an hour or whatever. So um, they launched the service online where you can actually go to MTV's webpage and watch hundreds of different music videos there. And uh, and MTV, you know, that was, that was the right choice for them from a business standpoint. Uh, from those of us for <laughs> – those of us who remember and loved MTV back when they showed music videos, it doesn't seem like the right choice. But now, again, convenience. We have the opportunity to go on MTV's website and, and watch music videos. And you can, you know, pretty much any music video you can think of, you can type it in there and there's a good chance it's going to be there. So you can watch the ones you want when you want. You don't have to sit there and say, oh, you know, it's another pink music video. I, I was trying to get my grunge rock on and now I'm watching pink i figured all of them were going to go to uh rick astley's never going to give you up. <laughs> yeah that's uh you know april 1st totally yeah except for the fact that 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 meme has to be dead by now i mean if nothing else the macy's thanksgiving day parade <laughs> killed it this year um but you know what it died an honorable death but getting back to the idea of this this whole television issue um you make a good point i mean this recession could irrevocably change the the very nature of entertainment, uh, it's kind of crazy to think about that. But, uh, according to, uh, to Diane again, there was a, the, the penetration for broadband is something like 84% of mm-hmm. U.S. households. Uh huh. So. Is that of all internet households or households? You know what? General? It doesn't say. It just says 84% of U.S. homes. I bet it's internet because yeah, I, I can't so. imagine that 84% of all homes have broadband. Maybe they have access, yes. but not necessarily have it installed. I mean, right. maybe. I don't know. Because that, that does seem rather high to me. Yeah. But at any rate, it does mean that there's increased access to this kind of entertainment. And that's what really starts to get people worried in the in the TV biz. Because once you reach that tipping point where you're no longer in the majority, you're no longer catering to the majority, now you're playing, you know, catch up or you're eventually petering out and and Dying. You know, uh, since you mentioned the tipping point, I'll throw a different tech business book in there and say, but the long tail right. is a uh, is a really good aspect of this because this is going to enable companies to make money off of, of properties that they've had in their vaults for so long and haven't really been doing anything with them. Sure. Um, you know, and I, I, I think anything that allows time shifting or place shifting – you know, where you can, where it gives, um, viewers more opportunities to watch TV on their terms. I just, I, I can see where they might be a little concerned, but ultimately the, uh, the copyright owners have the control over this and right. they, they set the, the standards for the most part. Um, you know, because they're broadcasting the original content, uh, for people to watch. So, you know, and, and nobody, I, I know people take, 
video cameras into the movie theater and then put them up on YouTube for the, yeah, you know, don't do that. 30 people. minutes that <laughs> they can get away with it before getting caught. But that, that's just, you know, awful video. Nobody well, really wants to watch that. And having high quality video from these companies, you know, offered to them on their own terms, I think that's a win for the yeah. studios. I think piracy is, is Yarr. much, yeah, it's a much smaller issue than the studios would necessarily have you believe. Um, the big issues are things like, well, just recently, back in November of 2008, they had, there was a, a future of television conference and, um, this conference, uh, they had some real doom and gloom panel titles, things like, is there a future for television? Uh, which I think might have been a little, uh, pessimistic, but, um, there were a couple of interesting surveys that came out of this. IBM did one what, that found that a lot of younger viewers claimed they were using the internet, uh, more often than they had in the past to get um, entertainment, and it had impacted their television viewing. So they were saying that we are consuming more entertainment online, not not necessarily more than they were watching on TV, but right. their TV watching had decreased as a result. Um, whereas CBS and NBC Universal came out and they said, that's kind of silly because our figures show that television viewing is up. The, among all age groups. Right. So it's two surveys that are contradicting one another. Now, granted, the IBM survey was like, uh, I think it surveyed 2,800 people in six different uh, countries. So it was slightly different than Nielsen, which was looking at television ratings, and that's what CBS and uh, NBC were, were kind of quoting. But uh, And Nielsen says that the average household still watching uh, eight hours and 18 minutes per day of television. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot of TV. That's a whole lot of TV. Four hours and 45 minutes per person per day. I'd just like to add one little thing that I thought about as we were preparing for this podcast. Sure. And that's um, even if you believed that people were turning to the Internet to get away from TV or maybe not necessarily to get away from and getting away from, let's say that. Okay, and sure. they, they turn to the Internet and are getting away from TV. Uh, they're not. Right. Because, you know, if you go to virtually any content provider's website, for example, ESPN, the first thing that happens after the page loads is the little TV window pops up and they start playing, you know, a sports center clip. Or if you go to, uh, uh, you know, I went to a newspaper website just the other day and, you know, you click on a story, it's got video clips. Uh, they're partnering with TV stations, local news. I mean, there's there's TV on almost any website, or at least some kind of moving video. Right. Um, so, you know, I I think there is a future for TV. It's just not necessarily going to be long form and coming from that box. And also, I mean, again, you know, my favorite little little theory of convergence. I do think that that computers and televisions are getting closer and closer together to the point where before too long, uh, you know, Internet will be delivering our television to our TV sets, which essentially will be a computer monitor. Well, actually, it already is, it, depending well, it really on who your is, provider Depending is. on who your provider, right. And, I mean, you know, just look at all the TVs that have HDMI inputs now. I mm-hmm. mean, there's if you buy a television now, um, I bought one recently and it had, I think, three HDMI inputs. Um, and, you know, the television I, I bought four years ago didn't have any at all. So it's definitely, you know, it's 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 getting there. And I think the main thing television executives need to keep in mind is that internet isn't going away. That that video delivery system is there. Uh, people have become used to being able to 
to consume entertainment when they want, where they want. And the important thing is not to try and hold on to an old business model that used to work in an old environment and hope that it still works in the new one, but to develop new business models that specifically take these things into account and, uh, uh, you know, adapt and, and then you'll thrive. If you don't adapt, you will eventually find yourself without any customers. Change is a good thing. Yes. I like change. Wow. That was a heck of a conversation. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I guess we can wrap this up. Um, I, I would like to, to do something new though that we haven't really done before. Oh yeah. I'd like to give a shout out to some of our fellow podcasters here at How Stuff Works. Okay. Yeah. Sounds uh, good to me. So I'm giving a shout out to our buddies, Josh Clark and, and Chuck Bryant. <laughs> it's, it's, so it's not Brian and Chuck. <laughs> I, I hear that that's a big problem. That's Chuck Bryant and Josh Clark. It's tr- it's pro- problematic because their names all sound like first names. That's true. I, I blame them. Anyway, they they host a show called Stuff You Should Know, and it's an excellent podcast. Uh, it's so good can, that they kicked me off. <laughs> yeah, Chris used to be a host on Stuff You Should Know, um, and now he's been relegated to tech stuff with me. <laughs> One might ask, what did he do wrong? But uh, – <laughs> No, Stuff You Should Know is an excellent show, and uh, there are tons of episodes already uh, live on uh, iTunes. Uh, if you want to start with one that kind of ties into what we've been talking about today, there's this great episode called Is the Free Market Free If It's Regulated? And they answer that question, and uh, and very well, I might add. So definitely go check that out. And uh, remember, there's we have tons of content on HowStuffWorks.com that, that ties into what we've been talking here today, including things like DVRs and streaming video. And you can read all of those articles live on our site, HowStuffWorks.com, right now. And we'll talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?